Hey everybody, welcome to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. I am the Tyler. And today we are hopping into conversations of four-hour Batman. Or as Tyler keeps correcting me, Justice League. Yeah, it's, it's not Bat, just Batman. It barely actually has any Batman compared to like... Yeah. You know, other, but yeah. Justice League, so. I was going to say that. And when Batman does talk in this particular one, he says some really weird, cheesy things like... <laughs> I have faith, Alfred. Faith. <laughs> or or was it something about a red cape and a bowl? I, I don't know. It was very strange. That's called that's called character development, which didn't exist in the first one at all. Yeah. For Batman. But so. for Batman it just it, it felt odd, but that that was just me. I'm not saying I I actually enjoyed this way more personally. So Batman just seemed to be the most underdeveloped character this time around, which was odd to me. Yeah, well, I think it's good because I think this Batman's not fun to watch at all. Oh, so how dare you? You, you I don't think Batman's make, much. You what? make Ben Affleck cry. <laughs> good. I mean, there was an article that he been... was sad that people didn't like him. I think he does a fine job. Yeah, he does a great job. He's just not that fun of a Batman. He's way too beefy for the Batman outfit. <laughs> I think he can be super beefy. I, I think the problem is <laughs> that he's surrounded by a cast of like super beings and there's nothing super about him or his character. Sure. Like it, he's just not written interesting. Obviously Zack Snyder must be a like Superman fan. Cause he's definitely not a Batman fan, which I appreciate mm-hmm. cause I'm a Superman fan. So I love it, but I'm sure people that are Batman fans, which is, you know, the majority of people that are casual to like DC are like, Batman's so boring in this. He's not realistic like he is in the Bale version, and he's not campy like he is in the older ones. This isn't Batman, and he's not cool like he is in the comics. Ugh. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a Batman fan. I just think Apparently. he's kind of a boring character in general, uh, compared to a lot of the DC characters. It's just like, oh, rich man with money can do things. Well, he makes that joke in the movie. To be fair, that doesn't. What's I, your superpower? I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's bad writing. <laughs> I thought uh, which, it was funny, and so did everyone else. Zack Snyder, You're wrong. <laughs> wasn't Sorry, that in ahead. the original cut? Yeah, yeah, it was in both. I yeah, think. yeah. So, like, Zack Snyder was never a good writer. Like, I don't think anyone ever was like, "Oh man, I love Zack Snyder's writing from any of his stuff that he's done." I've never like watched a Zack Snyder movie and been like, "Oh man." That dialogue made me really contemplate my existence. Zack Snyder's stuff has always been like the most campy, cheesy, superhero-esque lines in a very like action-driven movie, which I'm totally fine with because the action in this movie is fantastic. Uh Everything looks so good. Everything is like over the top and ridiculous uh, as DC should be. Uh, It's a massively epic movie. Like the entire time I was watching it, I'm like, this is epic. Like just genuinely epic. I think Flash, the first thing I'll say is Flash was handled better than in the, uh, not the really the Wheaton cut, but the, wb cut uh in the original uh flash was it was handled better in the snyder cut than it was in the original 
but he still wasn't there for me. I just don't think Ezra Miller has the same vibe as what I want my Flash to be. Uh, like what I expect Flash to be is, I think Ezra Miller's putting on the performance of of like his life trying to do it, and he does a really good job of it. But I just don't think Ezra Miller's the guy for Flash, unfortunately. I think the guy from the CW, I don't know if you've ever watched The Flash on the CW, but that guy is The Flash. Like, And that's just the problem, is I don't think I can ever separate him from the role of The Flash anymore. Especially since he looks more like The Flash in the comics as well. And he's just, you know... I don't know. No one watched this movie and said, like, oh, my favorite character was The Flash. They were all like, this movie was epic. Your favorite character was The Flash... I like the comedic relief. I don't know if I'd say he's my favorite, but like I always yeah, enjoy exactly. the comedic characters and I felt like this time he was way more established and he yeah. wasn't just comedic comedic relief this time. They actually gave him like spoiler alert, <laughs> you know, the ability to save the whole world basically. So uh, that being said, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed what yeah, they did he had with the... all the characters this time around I, I didn't find too many weaknesses there but As that's me and itself, i haven't seen cw flash so i don't i don't have anything yeah. to compare it to he's he's a really good flash especially in the earlier seasons the older seasons um, as most shows go they kind of run out of material that they're kind of referencing so they just kind of let it be the same form formula so it gets bad towards the end but like the early seasons are really good of flash um feels like old school comic flash it's really nice um but my problem with all the characters in general um still is i feel like Zack snyder doesn't go far enough with his characters ever in any anything like he he gets this like base idea of what his characters are then they're just that the entire time but my biggest complaint about Zack snyder's films is that he doesn't care at all about other directors in the universe that's being created. So, like, Wonder Woman had some stuff that didn't make any sense with Wonder Woman um, movies that have been made so far. Um, like, if there's that location on Themyscira that's being defended, and Wheaton honestly did a better better job of understanding the world that was being created, but Snyder, I feel, did a better job of like making it action packed and like making a fun movie, which was his goal. Obviously it was just to have an action packed fun movie, but it doesn't make any sense with the universe that's being created. Um, what's her name from Atlantis doesn't even like Merida. Yeah. Whatever. I'm making is. that up. <laughs> Something okay. like that. Um, but she says, I can't remember what she says to Arthur, but she's all like these words that are contradictory to what was being said in Aquaman. Oh, like the king, the king of uh, Atlantis at the time is like, no, I'm not sending people to guard that box that uh, we, we have a we have a war going on. Uh, just yeah, we know that box could, you know, change the world. We've seen it before. And like that wasn't that long ago for like our generations and stuff. But no, we're not sending reinforcements because I'm a jerk. But he's he made it clear that he still was a competent leader of Atlantis in in you know Aquaman. Like he just wanted the throne. 
like he was willing to do things for the throne. He was still a competent leader in, in it, like in saving Atlantis. So it didn't make sense for him not to send reinforcements to guard the mother box. You know, that, that kind of makes me upset uh, at, at Snyder. Like, dude, you, you, you had a lot of time to, to redo this kind of a thing. Um, and a lot of extra money put into this movie to do reshoots. And you decided to, add something because this is an added part that he had to reshoot that didn't make sense with the universe that was already created like you have to go out of your way it feels to do stuff like that wonder woman blowing up a wall with a bunch of kids inside is super dangerous and doesn't really fit her character uh like hitting her things together with all those people she destroyed a bunch of art in a gallery that she would have been like we want to protect this kind of stuff. She didn't save them by doing that. She could have just walked up to the guy and stopped him from shooting. She'd been doing it up until that point. That would have like, been as cool, man. She did exactly. like speed run, grabbed bolts out of the air thing. All I'm saying is he's disrespecting the other directors by doing oh, this okay. with the characters. What like, else has Zack is... Snyder made? Was he no Batman for... versus Superman? <laughs> Is that it? Like outside of the <laughs> outside of this stuff? Yeah. Uh, I know there's a few things. Let me look them up. It's not like a big deal. I'm just trying to think of like where else I could see his mark on movies. Because for me, like this movie, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than the original Justice League. Um, so he was the director of 300 and Watchmen. No, I haven't seen um, Sucker Punch. No, I haven't seen that. It's it, those are all movies that are just really, really action packed, and they're kind of one offs a lot of the time. So, like, he's the only person working on it. He's never worked on a like um, world built thing, and I think there's a good reason as to why he hasn't been put into anything uh, for you know Marvel uh, is because I don't think he fits with a Marvel idea of what would work so yeah, it just makes me you didn't like this where, where are we going here yeah well you're see that's the thing <laughs> that's exactly my well i'm trying to be hard to read because i don't think it's a bad movie i just don't think it was as good as what some people are making it out to be i think we're overshooting because we're comparing like we're saying like oh this was such a good movie because it's better than the one that came out before but honestly the one that came out before was trash like it was garbage. That first Justice League was terrible. How do you really feel, though? <laughs> uh, sorry, I was holding back and sugarcoating that. It was I, garbage. I I don't remember caring that much when I saw it in theaters. When I watched it at home a second time, like a year ago, I was like, "Ah, eh, I was actually all right." So apparently. Once I know, this is what happens with a lot of movies. Once I know what I'm getting into, I enjoy it more the second time. But that's just me. Well, that sounds like your mind just saying, like, I recognize what's happening in this and I'm okay with it because I already know what's going to happen, which is yeah, just like a rationalization of, like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's not saying that the movie's like good. That's just saying that you're okay with watching it now because you know what's going to happen. Eh. <laughs> well, either way, I, I thought this new one, I. The new one I enjoyed, I thought the weak parts were, A, why is this in 4.3? 
instead of 16-9. That's very annoying. <laughs> but I guess decision. like, well, no, it was because he wanted it to be take up the entire wall in IMAX when I looked into yeah. it, which, you know, is like, five percent of the people who ever see this movie will enjoy it to that extent and now they never will because it it came out not in theaters really um but then the uh uh like i said batman had some cheesy lines but then aquaman has the weirdest weirdest soundtracks <laughs> whenever they like whenever he redesigns a scene with Aquaman he's like walking in slow-mo as the waves are crashing over him and the music's just like some guy with a guitar using garage band to record with some what sounds like fake synthetic drums I'm like did you use the whole budget on graphics and like just Hey Jim, what you got on the garage band real quick? Ah, let me see. I know, but you yeah. can tell with the way his music sounds that it was intentional. I just don't get it. It doesn't match the cinematography, but that that's no. me. <laughs> exactly. No, I agree with you. And I, I think that proves my point more that he's disrespectful to the people that are directing Aquaman like so much because like they already had soundtracks made for him. It, it's hmm. it's owned. He just has to literally take the music and put it into it like to make it work like it, they have good music for him that works for him that fits his character that we all recognize as aquaman now and he decided to throw it away because he has a vision of a metal soundtrack uh for well, everything for aquaman, it with, like folk. weird it was like folk stuff it, uh, he got a folk song he got a it was like swedish folk I, I was like what is going on <laughs> yeah the two the three women singing i was like and it was like yeah, a long time. Yeah, that was that was the when when I first was like, I see why this movie's four hours is when those women sang for like ten minutes as he descended into the ocean. I was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> like, who I didn't wrote this song? That. It's so long. <laughs> I'm like, is yeah. he is he trying to say something with this? Because it doesn't sound like it. It just sounds like he's just like, oh, I like this song, so I put it in the movie. Yeah, well, on that note, I'm going to say this. This is what I think uh, Snyder has taught something to the world that I've wanted for a while, and this might only be me. <laughs> I enjoy long movies, you know, like Lord oh, of the yeah, Rings, taking like 14 hours to watch extended cut in one day, like totally into that. If you can make a long movie that's not long for the sake of being long, but it's long because it's telling the story, then, like, that's what we used to do with, like, plays and Broadway and all this, you know? Like, we're sitting yep. down, we're enjoying a long story. And that's why we enjoy TV shows so much is because, like, you know, Stranger Things isn't... Just try to imagine Stranger Things packing the entire first season into one hour and a half to two hour movie. Like, we wouldn't have the same feelings about it as we uh, do because yeah. it was given the space. And because people watch TV so much because it's all on demand now like we are used to long settings and and like honestly like the the final uh avengers movie final what what would i call that the end game you mean whatever Endgame? yeah like there's this whole stuff with tony stark going through his past that is really not all that enjoyable to watch or at least especially i would say sorry i, I enjoyed watching it but like rewatching that, I'd be like, uh, I could just skip this because I don't want to. Look, 
I, I see the eyes you're making at me. I enjoyed it, Tyler. I enjoyed <laughs> it. But as far as the movie goes, like that was, I felt like stuff that would usually get chopped out of most movies because we don't have time for that. But like yeah. most of us at this point, I think with us being so used to so many TV shows, we want that stuff. And if that makes the movie four hours long, that's fine. We're here for the experience. We'll get some more popcorn and, and keep enjoying this. So I don't know. I hope what Snyder did does give some, at least the more epics that are out there, uh, more space to say our audience is willing to give us the time for three to four hour movies as ridiculous as that sounds to our culture. I would, I would love that. <laughs> I'd prefer it for like superhero movies. Like not like, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp or like, you know, uh, like that kind of a movie or like a Thor or an Iron Man on its own. But when we get like the team up Epic films, like an Avengers movie, I want that to be an experience that is three to four hours long. Like I hate going to the theater for like two hours because they wanted to cut all these extra scenes. I'm like, no, I want like Wanda to get like 13, like straight minutes of dialogue about like how she feels about her like city being destroyed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I agree. I actually hope that we get, um, we get more long movies, even Wheaton um, when he was making his cut of the justice league, he had it about two two hours thirty minutes, two hours forty five minutes uh, of his own cut before Warner Bros said, "Nope, we're pushing you down. You got it's got to stay two or under." Uh, and he was like, "Dude, like, it's not that long compared to how much footage was shot for this. Like, no. this is a good movie, and people want to see the whole story. Like, you'd have to break this up into multiple movies if you wanted to stick to." an hour, two hours, which is what Wheaton was doing. He didn't even introduce Darkseid or, or any of the things that are inside the new Justice League, you know? Uh, or he said it, like, once, but it was very, like, oh, yeah, Darkseid's coming. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. To where, like, it, this wanted to be its own story about how Darkseid's coming in the next movie, you know what I mean? Like, they were like, your next villain is Darkseid. That's, that's where we're going with Justice League. Um to where the the old cut, you know, I wish he was able to be given his full amount that he wanted. But on that same note, this wasn't technically the Snyder cut, and I'm upset about that. Because Snyder wanted the Green Lantern to show up at the end instead of Martian Manhunter. Oh, really? Yep, and Warner Bros. said, no, you can't have a Green Lantern because we failed at Green Lantern before, and that's our fault. But we're punishing you in your movie um, that... Uh, you know, we're calling the Snyder cut. Yep. They cut, it was supposed to be a Green Lantern showing up at the end saying, like, you know, we need to help save Earth kind of a thing. And, like, the Green Lantern Corps was going to be introduced. And I, I think he wanted to make a Green Lantern movie um, to, like, you know, redo that part of the universe. Cause the, you know, rest in peace, Green Lantern. Uh, that first movie was bad. I never saw it. DC so. just hasn't. Watch it now. It is hilarious. No, I don't bad. want to. You just told me it's bad. I don't want to watch it. It's hilarious. You watch riff tracks and stuff like that. You've watched the Manos Hands of Fate. I watch things to make fun of it, not to watch it to take it seriously. No. I mean, you you can watch, watch the Green Lantern movie. 
it is to be made fun of. Okay. It is that bad. It is so bad it is easily made fun of. I mean, Green Lantern seems like a strange superhero from what I can tell in the first place. No, it's super easy. Like, I don't know how they fail. Anything he wants come out of his ring. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure. But... It takes a lot of, like, training and time and, like, there's a universal <laughs> aspect to it where they're, like, traveling throughout space and, like, these people are protectors of a universe and they each are, like, assigned a planet kind of a thing. It's really cool. Uh, and, like, the one guy die, like, the guy that was the Green Lantern of Earth dies, so he gives his ring up to the new guy. And the new guy is apparently just the jerk in the movie, which is, like, the early 2000s, like, I'm a jerk, but I'm going to learn how to be a superhero kind of, like, thing. And it was yeah. just bad. But it was it was hilarious now that I've rewatched it later on. It's like, this is so terrible. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, so... Yeah, so let's hop, unless you had somewhere else you really want to go, some spiritual implications, as we tend to do on the Nerd Church podcast. Because here's what I was noticing while I was watching this, you know, uh, and this has been going on for some time. This is not like a new theme. But back in the day, in ancient in times. Day. Back in your day. No, 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 no. Well beyond my day. <laughs> Back in the day, people were always telling stories about the gods, right? What they did, mm -hmm. who they were, what they reigned over, their stories, their background. They weren't just like uh, just something that just like, oh, it exists. We don't know anything about it, whatever. We worship it. No, they always had like, like Greek mythology is like this very strange, <laughs> uh, like dense kind of like story-like worldviews to all of these false gods in Greek mythology. And mm -hmm. I think it's strange, like in our time today, we're always like, oh, nobody like uh, writes that kind of stuff anymore or thinks about that kind of stuff. And when we look at like the world of the Avengers and we look at the world of, of you know, Justice uh, League. Just, thank you. I was going to say Batman again. <laughs> when we look at Justice <laughs> <laughs> when you look at Justice League, it's like, I don't know. I was just watching. I was like, this whole thing is like a story about the little G gods that, like, you know, DC has painted. You've got Wonder Woman, who I think somehow is connected to Greek mythology, if I'm right. Uh, yes. Isn't she like a child of Zeus or something like that? Yeah. Um, and she's then a, you've she's got... God. Okay, and so Aquaman, I don't know if he's just supposed to be like a water guy, but he seems to come about. Well, he's a part of Atlantis, which is an ancient people of humans uh, that mm -hmm. it is, they were from the human race. Um, that king broke off his, his father, um, broke, like accidentally had Atlantis fall into the sea where he was able to, they were able to adapt into like hybrid beings right. of water yeah, and, and uh, technology went off or something is that right or am i mixing that it, with something else no you're right there was there was, it, it's it's like even before the mother boxes in the dc universe yeah. so like yeah. there's this one scene that really like started spiraling my mind in this whole direction was right at the beginning there's it goes total lord of the rings in the snyder cut where the race of men and atlanteans 
and the Amazonians and and like ten other people who are supposed to be like these clans of of Middle Earth, basically. <laughs> they all like come together to protect these boxes and they all unite together to fight. And I'm like, first off, this is just straight up mythology. This isn't just even like superhero stuff. Like when we think superhero, we think I'm Batman. I'm just your average guy with a lot of money who made a lot of gadgets. I'm like, that's not what these other DC superheroes are. These are like, no. even the way you just described Green Lantern is basically like an angelic presence assigned to, to like <laughs> procure yeah, you know, I'm like, the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is all just like, if our society today would retell the story of little G gods, we would have literally the Avengers and the justice league because this, this is like how I think you have the justice league more than the Avengers, but yeah. Well, Avengers, you come into like Thor and Loki and, you know, things like that. It does get more sci-fi for them than it does for spiritual. But when I was watching that moment where they all came together, I'm like, this feels very mythological more than it feels uh, superhero-esque. So that just kind of surprised me because people are so, you know, scientific and atheistic today. And yet here we are telling the story of, (laughs) of mythos and gods. I just, I'm like, well, how did this happen? (laughs) You might be interested to find out then, uh, that in the DC universe, God does exist. Um, big G God does exist. The Christian God, um, Jesus is referenced as a person during that time. Um, hell exists, demons exists, and exorcisms exist. Um, Which in Shazam is pretty clear to some extent. Yeah. Magic exists. Um, and somebody like Superman is considered a, like, a little G god. He, that's exactly what I think they are. DC literally captures exactly what you're talking about. That's what made me fall in love with DC when I was younger, was these are just the, like, what if these super beings that they talked about in our history books, you know, of the ancient Greeks, like you were talking about, what if they were modern versions of those things so like superman is an all around kind of guy so the only person people who don't fit are the batman stuff batman doesn't really fit into the universe as well um so when a lot of people talk about dc they're like oh it's it's like batman and i'm like well not really uh there is some more human sides of it but once you get most of the way through a lot of dc stuff it really starts going more towards a like what happens when these these little G gods are put up against, you know, other spiritual beings from other like planes of existence. Cause it's, there's literally different planes of existence in the DC universe. So there's the, um, and they have like Gehenna and all those kinds of things in there as well. Um, but it, all of that exists in the DC universe um, all the way. So that like there's rings as they view planes. So like, instead of it being on like our scale of the universe, how we view it as like, this is the only like plane of existence. We exist on just a like material um, existence. And like, then Christians believe that there is a spiritual existence as well. Um, you know, with God and there being a heaven, there being somewhere where there is heaven, but also some uh, denominations of Christianity believe there's is right now a physical uh, location of hell. Some believe that it is something to come in the future. Um, but there are, you know, 
other places that are the what we may view as hell uh, in the in-between. So Christians have already had this kind of like introduction to these like extra planar ideas that DC has put out um, of there being different locations, of there being something more than us and what we can physically see in front of us. Um, there is extra dimensions, extra dimensional space. Um, as some people talk about, you know, we can only see in three dimensions, but in the DC universe, just like in our universe, we theorize that what if there was a fourth dimension, a fifth dimension, what would that look like? How would that being of those dimensions interact with something on a three-dimensional scale? Um, and that's when you get somebody like Darkseid. That's when you get somebody like... Um, uh, later on, Superman, not in like the Justice League, but um, a little G God, Superman is even even more powerful than what you see him in <laughs> in these movies, which is ridiculous. Um, to where like he becomes a fourth dimensional being, to where like he can just interact with the universe because he sees it from a different plane. To where like God is like. I don't know, in the DC universe, it's something like there's up to like nine levels of existence, and God is the highest version of that. Like, only person who can see to that level is God. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're on the right track with that, uh, like, thought process because DC has been a very, like, uh, this world, like, trying to actually take the spiritual and the strange, I guess, to say, of this world and make it into something um, heroic and superhero-esque um, to where Marvel's more about, like, saying these characters are very human and how do we make something that isn't human, like, have human emotion and go through troubles. And um, while it can get very, like, big scale, I don't think it ever scales to the same size as um, DC and how it relates to our, like, spiritual relationships uh that we have in the world yeah i mean other than like dr strange they try to bring in the spiritual elements and whatnot but that's just uh, magic yeah uh and which is based off but, of science in the marvel universe like all science and magic and everything usually crosses over more yeah well you have that line with thor of just like magic being like more advanced science or something like that but you do get in dr strange Basically, he goes up against what seems to be like a territorial little g-god of sorts at the end of the movie. Dormammu. Yeah, trying to, like, overthrow this thing that has control. Uh, but, like, in, yeah, in DC, it's just strange because usually people focus a lot on Batman only because he's the one that has gotten these, like, award-winning movies. Um, yep. But when you zoom out, if you don't know... So, like, in a... Mm, so Spider-Man's like the big Marvel thing that kind of kicked everything off. He's like yeah. the Batman of of Marvel Universe, right? And then one day they make this Iron Man movie. We're like, we don't care about this guy. We've never heard of Iron Man. I know there's comics, but nobody reads them. And then I was like, this yeah. is the greatest thing ever. And then soon we're freaking out about all of this. But like in Batman, it's like, okay, we have Batman. We have Superman. Batman's a guy. Superman... I've usually thought of as an alien, but then we bring in Wonder Woman who seems to be like a little G God. And then we bring in uh, her battling, you know, a little G God that takes control over Nazi Germany. And then you have these other like beings coming in, trying to destroy the world. And uh, you've got Shazam. That's just like straight up, like 
trying to battle the seven deadly sins. It's just interesting yeah. that um, you could take all these components and then start to spin a new mythos in a world that's usually like, you know, it seems to be screaming science or atheism. Suddenly we're all like, look at that. We've all just like being entertained by the stories of little G gods all over again. And to some extent, what's interesting is, you know, in the Bible, you've, of course, you've got God, the one true God, and then all the little G gods whom he's made um, and then given power to reign over areas are all flawed and fallen and destructive, right? And I guess what it feels like DC's trying to do is like tell a different tale. It doesn't match the Christian worldview, but it's like, what if they were kind of good people, you know, or, <laughs> or just like, I, I don't know. No. Well, okay. Well, so I've only seen, I've only seen the movies. They don't really uh -huh. seem to, I guess they, I wouldn't say they're saying they're good people. They're just saying like, what if at you've least they were the battling on behalf of earth or something you've, like that you you've seen the good people um they only usually show on on those kinds of things the good people um there's stuff like constantine which is definitely an anti-hero in the dc universe like um constantine that was a dc movie technically um okay he's an exorcist um who's been to hell multiple times um, and constantly fights with the devil and a bunch of other demons and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, he's not a good guy. Uh, Ghost Rider is a Marvel-like thing that's kind of similar, right? Yeah. Um, you could view like Ghost Rider similar to Constantine if there's any kind of crossover. It's not really the same. Constantine likes to swear a lot and smoke cigarettes. Um, that's Constantine. Um but I well, guess I if guess you, I, you know, had to live through eternal torture in hell for a while, you know, I guess I guess that might happen to you. But uh, they they tend to ask the question because you know you get writers over multiple years. There's a bunch of stuff in the DC yep. universe that's kind of crazy. Mixolotl is kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> he's a fun one, uh, but it's definitely very spiritually like minded. They they definitely are coming from a like. No, we don't want to say, like, they're like, we don't want to say that these things don't exist in our universe, or just, like, explain it away with science. DC is very, like, let's experiment with these spiritual beings and see how far we can go with them, I say was what they do, which I think is a caution to, like, Christians, is, like, we don't need to do that, you know, like, we don't yeah. need to play like i don't need to write something to go like how far can i make my satan character go um yeah i i'm just like this satan character is here to be to be beaten in my stories usually um i'm not usually too fond of just being like i need a character experiment to figure out who is this satan creature it's just like i don't there's nothing good that's going to come of that in my mind uh yeah. and so like that's just kind of like a, a warning to christians like we don't like I read these comics before, like I was a Christian, and I look back at it now, and I'm like, that I wouldn't have even wanted to pick that up as a Christian because it makes me kind of go like, there's nothing yeah. good about that. It's just like upsetting. So all, yeah, all comics I, have those moments, though. So yeah, and I want to clarify for that point. Like when I say, you know, the Christian worldview is all the little gods are fallen. 
and DC seems to take a few characters and say, what if, I guess I wouldn't even say like, what if they're good? It just say, what if they're concerned with protecting earth, you know, and they're not even like trying to like do it for the sake of the one true God. They're just doing it because they're superheroes or whatever. Um, but the way that the Bible paints it instead, of course, is like Daniel 10 is a, well, there's a prince of Persia. He's against us. He's a bad little G God. There's prince of Greece. He's against us. He's a bad little G God. But there is Michael who is on your side and he's here to help, you know. Which, Michael exists in DC. Does he? <laughs> Michael the Archangel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, he's got a like, flaming sword and everything. <laughs> <laughs> we only ever get like two names of angels throughout the Bible. You got Michael and you've got Gabriel. And it's not yeah. that. Um, Gabriel. And so it seems like in some way, Michael has been extended like some kind of perhaps uh, mission mission in some way to like work on behalf of Israel. Yeah. So like when you say like, what about the good ones? You have like the name of two, two guys. (laughs) Yeah. And then you've got Joe saying trumpet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and God's like you know, Job's like God doesn't trust his holy ones. You know these spiritual beings who, who should be working for him. And then you've got some of the angels that are still good, which seems to be at least not a third of heaven since they all followed Satan. So, needless to say, and who knows how many have fallen since then? Who knows? How many angels saw what Jesus did and was like, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> you know, like, who knows? We don't know. We'll get to heaven one day and find out just how many are still left. But, like, that's the biblical worldview versus worldviews like DC and whatnot. And I guess I, I just sat there watching it, and I'm just, like, surprised. I'm like, you would have thought that, like, the little G-gods mythos would have either died a long time ago or would only remain in books that feel ancient like lord of the rings you know that are supposed to be back then whereas dc's like let's talk about that very topic and paint that picture all over again in the 21st century and you're like wow we we still gravitate to these stories it's very odd (laughs) so yeah anyways we like the idea that there are these super beings destroying everything around us for some reason (laughs) yeah as, yeah, as but I'm, sorry, protecting us. <laughs> <laughs> Expensively protecting us while crushing all of our buildings and destroying and the people everything. inside those buildings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess with that, that was it's something we've talked about a hundred times before, but it was like my main spiritual takeaway that while I was watching this, I was just like, This is just mythos told all over again. Weird. So Yep, no, that's Anyways. exactly what he goes for, for sure. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have anywhere else you want to take the conversation? or Just that I thought the Flash scene where he turns back time and uh, everything was done really well. Uh, I was trying to think of how that works. It's a Flashpoint paradox. Go on. So it's a, it's, a, it's a paradox. So like it doesn't work in the real world. So oh, okay. since he's using the speed force, um, what he's essentially doing is he's taking the power of the speed force and running so fast that time he is passing the speed of light 
going faster than light, what's faster than light in like, you know, made up theory? Well, it's reverse time. So he is running so fast that he is going backwards in time. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, he can also run so fast to go forwards in time at some point. So, yep. Um, DC makes up a lot of stuff. It's funny. Um, so he runs so fast, he moves time backwards. However, this creates two universes from that point. Or multiple uh -huh. universes from that point. So the one where he and everybody else dies and dark side wins and the second one which we're seeing now move on which is kind of like how i'm playing my DD campaign oh yeah what you just did to us last night thanks for that uh <laughs> you're welcome you don't know what's happening so, you, your characters are like oh he saved us <laughs> yeah yeah uh which so one other thing that was very strange when this and this is the end of the movie so again spoilers when the movie ends, it doesn't end for like another half hour. <laughs> it keeps yep. going. And at that point, it gets into like totally other territory. Where you're like, why is this here? You know, like we Batman flash forwards as a premonition, like a few I decades down the road. I saw that Batman versus Superman. That wasn't he in Batman versus Superman, was it? Yeah, it was. That scene was in that. Yeah, he's getting he's getting like uh, premonitions from Flash. Oh, and that was Flash from that unit that that like timeline. They're setting up that timeline in all these movies. Huh. Okay. Like how well, we get there? Yeah, it's it looks cool. like They're a really really dark apocalyptic Batman is coming our way eventually. Then I don't know. So I want it to happen. I don't know if they're gonna make any more. Um, of those style movies. I hope they do and continue with the continuity they currently have. Um, just because, honestly, like, does it make sense for the DC Universe to go that way right now? No, but, man, it'd be hilariously awesome if it did. <laughs> like, the amount of uh, pulling stuff out of your butt that you have to do to get to that point <laughs> is is pretty great. Um, but it's, it looks like they're setting up uh, Injustice, or no, sorry. Oh. Yeah, no, this is this right? The video games. Yeah, yeah, where where Superman somehow becomes a bad guy, which would imply, I think, he... that Lois Lane probably dies at some point and he goes crazy. Spoilers, spoilers for Injustice. Well, that's from uh, the video game, right? That's how the whole video game starts, isn't it? Yeah. So, spoilers if you haven't like started that is Joker comes in and like captures Lois and gets Superman to kill him, but it's actually. Lois that he ends up killing so then he goes crazy and becomes a maniacal rampaging monster which is a really good storyline for Superman in my opinion like I think Superman needed a turn especially during those like 2010 times like he needed he needed to change he was so boring uh, at that point and making him just turn into the villain was great yeah well you couldn't beat him see I I finally I finally gave up on Superman in the Superman movie where he lifts an island out of the ocean. Oh that's and weird. that island and that island is made of kryptonite. I was like, what is the point? Like who's going to beat him? Like this is just this is stupid no at this point. Why am I watching this? <laughs> Did you know that if Superman has a red sun a red sun he can pull 
was it 13 Earths while under the effects of kryptonite? I don't like that. That would explain why there's one of those cartoon movies named The Red Sun. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, he's ridiculous. He is ridiculous. Um, and that's what makes him so much fun to watch is just because, like, it's the writers of Superman, if it's a Superman thing, are just trying to get to a point where they can tell the story of how Superman broke the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you're that OP, eventually it's got to go that route. So it's fantastic. And when, it, well, he becomes like a, with all this power that I have, how, like, th- he is the most human character in DC Comics, though. Um, because he goes, I will 100% stand by that. So he <laughs> he sees the world, um, and maybe we'll talk more about that with Superman or something in the future, but he specifically is a, like, he has massive amounts of power. He could literally destroy the Earth if he wants to with a punch. Like, the dude is ridiculous. He could look at it the wrong way, and it would just cease to exist in the DC universe at times. But he loves humanity, He's also also like often written as like a Jesus figure in a lot of the in a lot of the comics. Yeah, well, they kind of give make- that feel it's Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because he is immensely powerful. However, he's so afraid that he's going to like hurt people on Earth, like with his powers, often. Um, that he doesn't just use them all willy-nilly. Like, he doesn't just go out and start, like, you know, bench-pressing cars just to show off. He he only uses it to, like, help people, and he wants to, like, legitimately save people from themselves often. The best moments is when Superman doesn't use his powers, but, like, lands next to them and talks to them and is, like, talking people down from suicide and, like, trying to have a reasonable conversation about how, like... No, I'm from Earth. Like I'm yeah, I'm Kryptonian, but I don't even know what Krypton looks like. Like I'm I've always been from Earth. I'm a human. I I care more about these people here on this planet than I like uh, could ever care about the people from my home planet. I don't know them. Um and he's willing to go as far as saying like I'm willing to die if it means I'm saving these people from anything like he dies oftentimes because instead of thinking like i should just fight this thing into existence he's like the damage that's caused by me fighting this thing is going to hurt more people if i die i save more people so he dies that's how it usually works with superman so he's so human he is so like he fits as a Jesus character because he doesn't want to fight people. Um, oftentimes in comics, he's like, I wish we didn't fight at all. I want everyone to stop fighting. And he's even gotten to the point where he only like stops things from happening. Like he doesn't like punch people. He just like stands in front of things and takes hits and stuff like that. Cause he can like, what are you going to do? You're going to shoot a nuke at him. Okay. He's fine. You know, <laughs> like, uh, so he's realized that, and there are comics that go that route where he's very pacifistic and just wants to sacrifice himself. So I think he's a very good character to write because he can explore what if humans 
didn't have to have war and stuff like that because he's so powerful that he can stop it. So I think it's the kind of the same way that like Jesus is so powerful that like if he wanted to stop people from killing him, he could have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he chose to allow that to happen to him, like to allow himself to die for us. So it's just, it's crazy to me um, that there is a God that is infinitely powerful um, that has had multiple occasions where he could have just wiped us all out because he's like, you guys are really evil people. <laughs> you guys are really bad. Like, I've tried to just let you, like, exist. Like, I give you free will to, like, let you do things. But instead of, you know, letting us have all these casualties due to, all, like, all these ridiculous things, he sends a, sends himself as a human uh, to our planet, much like Superman, you know? That's the whole thing. Uh, as a way to die for us so that we can be saved for eternity. Like, that's why Superman works for me is because he is a Jesus figure. Um, he was sent from, you know, another planet, but he was sent to protect us and to ultimately die so that we can have a a, a better existence free of our um, our sins and our temptations and our evil actions. So, because often he's saving the the Earth from itself. <laughs> it's not always aliens. Often not like always aliens. Not always. Speaking of alien, no, just kidding. Um, Speaking of aliens, alien theology. <laughs> Buy it now. <laughs> Well, uh, obviously, this was a four-hour movie, and there's a lot that we could hop off of. Oh, uh, yeah, we could go keep four going hours. But uh, we won't. We've given you a little bit of our spin on it, and then we've also talked about some of the spiritual themes that come up in it. Curious to hear some of your thoughts. Join us on the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Discord, which you can find at 1208greenwood.com. Just click on the Nerd Church page, and then follow it from there. Or like us on Facebook. You'll find the Discord link there as well and whatnot. So... We love to play some games with you and talk more spiritual things on Monday nights from 5.30 to 9 o'clock. Come and go at your own convenience. Otherwise, um, you can be chatting on the Discord all throughout the week there as well. So with that, Tyler leaves us with his famous last words of the week, which in this case are... Snap back your track, Mama Jack. Indeed.